gentlemen welcome to no budget nightmares this is mo he's a bad film hating while i skating all the while masturbating that's, that's mo porn yeah. yeah and with me as always is the one and only doug tilly he's bow, doug bow, tilly bow, 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 number one super bow, guy bow, 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 bow. mo yes. mo doug yes yes i'm extremely excited today mo you have no idea, my friend. No this idea. is this in Canada. Well, actually, not just in Canada. Just specifically in Ontario, we're recording this on the Monday of a long weekend. Ooh. And we, as you know, Mo, we've been trying to record this episode for a few days now. We've had a <laughs> variety of difficulties, mostly Always. mostly relating some weather events that occurred here in Ontario that destroyed my ability to have power. But I, I think don't. You, I think Jill did that a long time ago. Oh, uh, but ooh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but. Even with that slight delay, it couldn't diminish my enthusiasm for what we're going to be talking about today. Not at all. You know why? I, I do, actually. Because we're taking a little trip <laughs> to Canada land today. We're, take, we're taking off to the Great White North. The Great White North. It's the beauty way to go. <laughs> yes. Yes, beauty, eh? We are <laughs> dipping deep into exploitation this week yes. on uh, No Budget Nightmares, and not only exploitation, but a exploitation classic, I would say. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's, I mean, what, like one of a, a, a couple that people know about? Yeah, well, it's one of probably five Canadian movies people yeah. have ever heard of. Um, it's this... Uh, of course, Science Crazed. Yes. Uh, and uh, 32 short films about Glenn Gould. I think that's actually probably it. <laughs> <laughs> There's that documentary about Anne Murray. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And Rita McNeil, who probably nobody <laughs> knows who that is. <laughs> but yes, we are, this week, going to be talking about 1989's what movie, Mo? Things. Things. I, uh, I like to surprise Mo uh, when he might be in the middle of vaping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking about 1989's Things. Now, uh, this has been probably one of our most requested features here on No Budget Nightmares. It's From a like movie. day one. Yeah, since like day one. It's uh, a film that because it has a fairly uh, wide-released DVD that at the time that came out and certainly before it as well, it had gained a sort of a cult reputation because people who saw it couldn't believe what they saw and decided afterwards that they had to spread it around. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like what's happening with Science Crazed now. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, Science Crazed and Things would make a heck of a double feature. Oh, uh, a stellar double feature. The question is, which would come first, though? What do you think? What comes first, the Things or the Science Crazed? I think, honestly, I think Things would have to come first. 
You'd think? Now, this is a question we're going to get to at the end of this episode, uh, and I'm going to ask you, Mo. I'm going to prepare for you for it right now. Yay, finally. If you had to, you know, from the perspective of your average human being, not like one of us, but an average I was going to say person, not me, but go ahead. <laughs> one of your average human beings, if you had to decide which is a more incompetently made movie, things or science-crazed, which one would it be? And we'll get back to that at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me think on that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about that while 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 you talk. While I the talk en- the entire episode, <laughs> and uh, and I'll I'll just sit here vaping and thinking. <laughs> this sounds like a three vape problem, Watson. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this week we will be talking about 1989's Things, uh, and we we do have a lot to say because both Mo and myself have seen this movie multiple times, as we and mentioned it- at the end of the previous episode this is a movie we likely would have covered earlier on in the no budget nightmares uh recording schedule except that when we first started the podcast mo had just recorded a podcast about it yeah and i had and not too long before that i had written a review i did a written review for it back when i was still writing for for daily grindhouse so i mean so there was you know i had covered it a lot you know, and and it you know, and it got kind of lost in the shuffle. I'll admit that, but uh, I think now is sort of like the perfect time to bring it back because, you know, science crazed. Mo was sort of thingsed out at the time. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if I'd say that. I'd say you know, I just I just I talked about it so much mm-hmm. that it 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 gets tough to, you know, I just I would have just been repeating myself. That's it right. Been, it would have just been another episode of of Drunk on VHS, and exactly, I, just didn't, I didn't want to do that. And now that a few more years have passed, maybe some new thoughts will have entered your brain. I will say that <laughs> <Probably> in, <laughs> in the excitement over things, I've been uh, sending out a lot of stuff over social media. I've uh, put some film clips from things over on our No Budget Nightmares Facebook group page and on through Twitter. And it has garnered a lot of interest from people who have not heard of things before. Mm. Uh, their general response is something like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, and, and that is the appropriate response. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. The amazing thing about it is to send, say, a two-minute clip to someone whose response is, what the fuck is this, <laughs> and then explain to them that there's another 80 minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't get any saner at all, ever. And you could make an argument that it gets even crazier. It does. Fact. It gets. It's, it's one of those movies that just starts off I mean, it, well, no. In fairness, it starts off pretty, pretty, quote unquote, normal. Really? Think about well, the no, no, very I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. It starts completely batshit crazy, then gets a little normal for maybe five minutes, and then just goes full tilt into the batshit again. So yeah, it's it's pretty batshit for the whole fucking thing. I was just thinking about the very first thing you see, and I'm like, hmm, normal, eh? Maybe normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, you know, well, you know what? Because I forget, I forget. Oh, for I had forgotten momentarily about the very first thing that happens, <laughs> and I was starting the film with, uh, with with Don and um, what's his name, Fred, Fred, uh, yeah, showing up at the house. But then, of course, as I thought about it for a second, I'm like, no, even that's still pretty fucking weird. Yes, 1989's Things, uh, directed by Andrew Jordan and written by Andrew and Barry J. Gillis, the uh, the the wonderful Barry J. Gillis. We also, if you want to go over to our Facebook group, you can find uh, Barry's music video. Oh, man. That is really quite something else. And it's ex- something. It really is. It's exactly the sort of thing that you might expect from someone who was part of the creative team behind uh. things. Before we start talking about the movie <laughs> in depth, uh, there's a couple of things I want to bring up. The first is that I want to thank 
Brian Berger, who Ooh. has both a delicious name uh, <laughs> and he, has been be better if it was Brian Tacos. But yeah, you know, I I, I agree. Burgers. How about Brian? Brian Pizza Waffles and fried chicken. Ooh, hello. Chicken and waffles. You guys got that in the states. We invented that in the I states. Know, I know you did. I'm Come just saying. Now. Well, Brian Chicken and Waffles has donated to our Patreon campaign. <laughs> let's let's not mock the man who who donated. He will immediately take it away. Uh, yeah. But yes, thank you so much, Brian. Uh, if you anyone else listening wants to donate to our Patreon campaign, it's Patreon.com/slash No Budget Nightmares. Find us there. There are some great perks, including the ability to choose movies for us to watch, which we are doing right now on this very episode. Yeah, which is so exciting. And I believe we did on the last episode. And the last episode. What can we say? And so far, what was the last episode? I don't even remember. Let's think back to the previous episode. <laughs> it was the return of the Ghostbusters. Oh, right, right, right. It was the very first fan film we'd ever covered. And then previous to that, we covered um, uh, women's studies. Uh, <laughs> you know, so so right now they're, they're three for three <laughs> with bad picks. But That's I not... think this one will turn it around. This, this, this has to turn it around no it's already guaranteed to it already is yeah absolutely so thank you very much brian Berger, uh for your generosity and yes everyone else check that out as well uh one other thing i wanted to bring up one of the things things is known Uh, for is that it features a uh very famous actress in it yep Yup, uh, a Miss amberlynn who was known in the 80s as being a star of pornography what was it? You the were you the one who posted the picture that said like uh, like <laughs> trivia facts like this is the low point in Amberlynn's career. The IMDb trivia for things <laughs> only has one entry, and it's <laughs> the lowest point in adult film actress Amberlynn's career. <laughs> but you know what though? You know what? I, I I have to tell you, and I'd have no problem jumping right to her because uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Um, her scenes in this are probably my favorite moments in the entire movie because uh, everything about them is just – I mean, I know the entire movie is batshit. I'm going to say the words batshit a lot. Uh-huh. But um, but they're, they're, they, they're so out of place. They make no goddamn sense. And, you, and it's not even until like the third time she's on that you realize why she's even there. Um. But but the best part is, and I mentioned this in in the the written review that I had, that I had done, uh, is that the entire time, like whoever was holding her cue cards was standing <laughs> so far off, so far out of the way that she had to like crane her neck and like just tw- and like twist her eyes off to the side. She's like so desperately trying to like stay professional and look at the camera but the cue cards are so far off camera that she has to like glare to all the way to her right just to see what her lines are and it's just brilliant it's i mean we can just explain just quickly here amberlyn is not really in the plot of the movie uh, no. she has i think she appears like five times as a newscaster our favorite yeah. of course mm-hmm. on no budget nightmares who interjects really incredibly randomly until later in the movie where her news articles uh have something kind of tangentially to do with the plot and uh those sequences are notable because of how unnecessary they are They're- completely superfluous yeah and also the fact that they're shot on 16 millimeter instead of eight millimeter so they actually right. look a lot better than the rest they do of the actually look a lot better and yeah she, think, think of like um oh what was it? lisa givens was that her name Lisa Given. yes lisa yeah Gibb. 
Yeah. Like Entertainment Tonight or like uh, A Current Affair or whatever. One exactly. Of those. Yeah. And she, <laughs> so, so it was, it was very much in that sort of vein where she wasn't necessarily at a desk, you know, she was just sort of like standing there. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we'll we'll get to some of that, oh, certainly. Oh, we will. The only other thing I wanted to mention before we got going is, uh, in my usual um, obsessive way, I, I on the DVD for things, I also listen to both of the commentaries. See, I wish I had the commentary tracks to listen to. It's the only thing I don't have. Well, uh, I will say, okay, there's two commentary tracks. One of them is, features most of the uh, main cast and crew. Um, and the other features a selection of people at CineFamily in California um, watching the movie and talking about it <laughs> as a commentary you, normally. But is. you said it was like uh, it was like them watching it for like the first time. That's what was really irritating about that commentary. Yeah. And I know some people disagree with me on this, but it's just you know the thing about doing a commentary, and we know about it, <laughs> is. If you're watching the movie for the first time, not only do you fall into the habit of, and not even just the first time, if you haven't seen it for a while, you yeah. fall in the habit of watching the movie as opposed to talking about it, but also how much insight can you really have for the movie outside of just laughing at what you're experiencing, especially in a movie like this, which is just right. so out there. And in this case, there was one person who, within this like group of four or five who had seen like the half of the movie. And the rest had seen none of it. And it's just like, eh. it just d didn't seem to have a real purpose. Uh, there's some interesting information, but what they end up talking about for like the last 20 minutes is just like the quality of the music and things like that. Because they, you, they're not even able to follow the plot, which right. is already pretty fucking hard to follow right, right, properly. Right. Because you're seeing it for the first time and you're seeing it while talking about it. Just not the most ideal. However... And this... I apologize for anyone I'm about to offend. <laughs> <laughs> The other commentary is unlistenable. You cannot listen to it. And oh, yeah. may, it might improve after the first half. That's all I could listen to. The problem with it is somebody brought, like, their daughter to it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know who this person is. Uh, so it's like a person who sounds like they're in their teens. And that person proceeds to talk over everybody and just talk about how shitty the movie is the whole time. Which, again, is the normal reaction. I'm not blaming them for this reaction. Right. But it means that there's no, like, there's almost no interesting information. It's just like, you guys are terrible. You guys are awful. What is this? This is such shit. Oh, my God. I mean, it's the whole fucking thing, and it is, it just made me want to, I mean, I apologize again. I slap this person and strangle them, not to death, just <laughs> really. Just so they know what's happening. <laughs> just to make their voice stop is what I mean. And it's a shame. I mean, and, and you know, it does give you the impression as uh, I'm sure isn't a surprise to anyone familiar with this movie, that they are certainly very comfortable with people being um, brutally honest about their feelings about mm -hmm. it, and also that they have a sense of humor about it. And that's another question I'm going to put to you, Mo, which is how much of the humor that you and I get out of this movie is intentional by its makers? <laughs> um I think very little. Very little? Well, yeah, I, maybe... I think I think a lot of what they intended to be funny, I think comes off really really poorly, but I think <laughs> a, I think a lot of what is e either intended to be I don't want to use the term serious because it doesn't feel like anything and this is particularly mm -hmm. serious, but I think anything that's not necessarily intended to go for a laugh, I, I find a a lot funnier. Mo, you never told me you were a kindergarten artist. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I got myself in a tailspin. So, 
<laughs> These are inside jokes for people who are already familiar with the movie <laughs> things, which we are going to begin talking about <clears throat> right now. Things begins with a mushroom cloud. Yeah. A, a literal mushroom cloud. A literal it, mushroom cloud. And it only gets worse from there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really just kind of doing a, an introductory title card. This film has a, a weird order of credits in it. Uh, they show these um, initial ones, then we get a scene, and then it goes into the actual opening credits uh, in just a little bit. But what is the first thing we see of things proper, Mo? Um, Something normal, I think you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, this is the normal thing. Uh, it opens with some uh, some really weird music and a man in glasses who we soon discover is uh, named Doug. Mm. Uh, down in what looks like a basement... Um, which is actually probably most assuredly a basement. Oh my yes. Yeah, and uh, there's a woman down there uh, wearing a uh, you know a quaint little dress and uh, uh, oh what's it called? Oh yeah, a devil mask. She has a devil mask on. She Mo. has a devil mask, and I love the story behind that woman and why she has a devil mask on. Tell me the story. She was a hooker. Yes. <laughs> and um, she didn't want her face appeared to appear on the movie, so they gave her mask there's this woman is a prostitute but she, she was did not she just didn't want to have her reputation damaged yeah no understandably and it would have been like i would you know if she would have been like you know uh it's, you know it's ten dollars for for an hj you know uh 15 for for a bj and uh oh and, the, and then of course the john would be like didn't i see you in things <laughs> that's right <laughs> the price just went up by ten dollars just went up <laughs> Well, yes, this woman uh, was a prostitute wearing a devil mask in this film. Why did they have to get a prostitute for the scene? Why couldn't they just get a person who was not a prostitute? My guess is because you'd probably – because she gets naked. Mm. And my guess is that you'd probably have to uh, find somebody willing. And my, and, and from, from experience, you know, being <laughs> – being a photographer, oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's very it's very hard. I thought you were going to say, as a gentleman, as trying a gentleman, to get people to get naked in front yeah, of me has yeah. been. <laughs> uh, that's that's dangerously accurate too, but uh, <laughs> but no no no. <laughs> okay, it's just a lot easier. It's way easier. But by the way, and you I... might notice that we're only mentioning that there's a woman wearing a devil mask, but the the way that she fits into what's happening here is very. A little bit confusing. Well, I don't think it's confusing because he's having a dream. That well, yes, but but yeah. they don't, we don't know that at the at the time. Now the well, that's true. That's true. The person having the dream, as you mentioned, is the wonderfully named Doug. <laughs> uh, and how would you describe Doug to someone who hasn't seen this movie before? Um, in in a word, mm. uh, bipolar. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely mentally uh, deranged. Uh, now, now, and and we are talking about the character in this case, but it does also sort of describe the performance as well. No, yeah, 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 yeah. The performance is is very bipolar. It's very it's very manic. Uh, and then, like, uh, the one thing that stands out the most about this movie to people who haven't seen it yet. And trust me, if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't be listening to this. You should go and watch it first. This is one of the very few times I'm going to say you want to watch this movie before you listen to us talk about it. Yes, but do download this episode because we need the numbers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do that. That's that's without saying. But um, the performances in this movie are so... Uh, like, I don't... Is schizophrenic the right term? term? I mean... 
You know? Yes, I think that, that that actually would work. Yeah. Again, for those who haven't seen this or have not seen any clips from it, the reason that these performances are so out there are twofold. One is that you're working with amateur actors, people who right. just don't have right. a lot of skill. And the second is that everyone is post-dubbed in this movie. Yeah. So all the dialogue, with a couple of exceptions, is ADR. And it looks as if they've made some sort of strange unnecessary attempt to try to fit the mouth movements and mm. by doing that it means they sometimes have to stretch out vowels in ways that sound extremely unnatural but i wasn't even thinking that i mean that's true that's a hundred percent accurate but that's not even what i was thinking i was thinking their reactions to things yes wrong completely wrong like you know like a, a character will get sucked into an alternate dimension <sighs> You know, and and uh, somebody will get covered in his blood and he'll get pissed off because he's covered in blood now and not be like, oh, my friend just died. You know, it does seem like it was written by an alien who had never encountered people before. Right. It was just like that is a that's brilliant. Yes, yeah. that's 100 percent accurate. Yeah, it's like a, or, or like a robot, like a movie writing robot, a movie robot. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about Doug's performance in this is that Doug and I couldn't help like every time he talked, I thought this every single yeah. time. Every time you wanted to grab that audio clip, I know. Well, oh yeah, no, I mean he—that's yeah. it. I, he his audio was so great that I always did want to. But the other thing is, I think he sounds so much like Doctor Steve Brule from the Tim and Eric show. <laughs> yeah, I kept expecting him to go Drangus at some. <laughs> I, I, he sounds so much like that character that I actually am semi-convinced that he influenced the character. You know what? At, at, given Tim and Eric's, um, you know, penchant for the odd and absurd, I wouldn't be surprised surprised at all if that's at least partially true. So, a prostitute in a devil mask is doing laundry. I have a note here uh, in my notes that says, uh, quote-unquote, uh, I will not make any comments about her grooming techniques. How do you mean? Well, let's just say she has uh, a very serious uh, case of 70s bush. Well, you have to understand that this was filmed in Canada, in Ontario specifically. Uh -huh. uh, though some of it, I think, in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, the East Coast, where I'm from. Oh. Um, and that... Uh, needed for warmth? Yeah, for warmth. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so she starts undressing because Doug says... I want you to have my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that 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 opening line is very uh, Plinkett esque. <laughs> the way he says it, <laughs> he goes, "My wife and I tried to have a baby, but we could never have one." So that's the that's what's happening here is that <laughs> he wants her to have his baby, uh, and so she gets undressed, and you, you can see everything. You really can, <laughs> while still wearing the mask, by the way. And then she gets into a shower. Uh, well, he he even says you don't need to have a shower, dear. So I know I know that's what he says, but there's no way that's a shower. Yeah, it's a basement shower. <laughs> it's 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 like one of those shoe closets. <laughs> so she reaches into the shower, and he says you don't need to have a shower, dear. And then he says. Doug says this. I said I wanted you to have my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to have my baby. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like I'm on like the worst acid trip. 
So she laughs, as you could hear. Yeah. And she says that she's already had his baby. And yeah, she I grabs a, ba- a baby carrier out of the shower. And Doug leans over it and goes, coochie, coochie. <laughs> <laughs> and then a monster arm shoots up. And, and he like, screams. It like, doesn't it like rip off his fingers or something like that? Or I don't know if that's what happens. I don't, I don't know if it's graphic, but something happens. The like, edit, there's definitely, there's yeah. some strange editing in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of strange editing in this movie. But one of the weird things is that sometimes actions happen, but the fr- there's so few frames of being able to see what actually occurred that I had to go back to find out, and it, it would be easy to miss it. And there's a really good example a little bit later on. Well, we'll get to that. Well, then he wakes up, Mo, from a dream. It was yeah. all a dream. Your very favorite thing. That- you know what? I don't mind it when it's at the beginning of the movie That's or, or as crazy as this one is. I'm okay with that. Also, this is one of two times that happens. In this movie. <laughs> the later one I have a bigger issue with. And then uh, Doug, a la Johnny Dickey, gets up and goes into his kitchen and starts looking through cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> there are And there are bathroom moments in this, too, so... <laughs> Well, we know that he was heavily influenced by things and other movies. Um, so then, okay, so he gets up. His reaction to this really disturbing dream is to go into the the kitchen, start looking through the cupboards, finds a pill bottle, and he brings it into a uh, woman who is laying in a bed. I said, I want you to have my baby. I want you to. <laughs> so <laughs> the idea here is that this woman is uh, Doug's wife, and she is very ill. Poor woman. In fact, he gave her these pills for a specific reason. Let's hear what it was. I brought you some of these to help you ease the pain. Thanks. I hope they work. I feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. Listen to that. That music. Oh, I love that music, too. It sounds like the the demo button on a synthesizer. (laughs) Yeah. I brought you some of these to ease the pain. Ease the pain. Pain. How deranged do you think that this Doug character is supposed to be in the movie? Is he supposed to be a semi-normal person? That's the thing. I think that the character is supposed to be normal. But I think that through all of the factors that went into making the film, I think he comes off a lot more insane than he's, I think, intended to be. Because there's a couple of moments where he makes jokes (laughs) <laughs> that seem to suggest that his lifestyle is really fucked up. Also, as we'll find out in a few minutes, like even though his place is a complete fucking dump, we're supposed to think that it's decorated with all of these <laughs> amazing treasures. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because there's a moment where somebody says, oh, didn't the uh, Queen of England give give you that painting or something like that? Which, again, that, that's one of those moments where it's like, well, maybe they're trying to be funny. I yeah, well, you know be. what it is? You know what it is? Have you ever seen a movie called Dracula the Dirty Old Man? We've talked about this movie on I, this podcast before. Okay, well, then good. Because this, this movie reminds me so much of Dracula the Dirty Old Man or stuff like um, – day of the dawn of the night of the that that sort of thing where they take a film like a real film and then overdub it with ridiculousness in in an attempt to be funny i have a feeling this movie in its script form is intended to be a lot more serious but that they were having so much quote-unquote fun uh doing the the voiceover that they they punched it up a little bit you know, because there's a lot of moments where, like, people's backs are turned and they're still mm-hmm. talking when there's no way they were supposed to be talking there. Of course, the funniest parts of the movie are the most serious moments. Oh, absolutely. So we jump right into the opening credits of things. And it's a, there's not much to note except for the fact that the very first thing mentioned in the opening credits is that the Things theme 
<laughs> is composed by Strychnine. All right. Uh, yeah, Strychnine. S-T-R-Y-K apostrophe or uh, hyphen nine. The now, it took me a, until the commentaries to realize that it's supposed to be Strychnine, like a really? play on Strychnine, as opposed to Strike Nine, which is how I read it. Uh, I'm just being an idiot. I'm sorry, Mo. I don't expect such clever punnery. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if there's anything that I understand, it's puns. Mm-hmm. And this is a bad one. So the rest of the the best part is that in the opening credits, it says themes theme by Strychnine. Like I think it's like two or three times. Yeah, because like, it also says the music is by Strychnine. That's yeah. right. Yeah, which makes no sense that it would get that such an immediate uh, fucking uh, it, credit. It must have been something to do with their deal on yeah. them to make the music. Well, we'll put your credit first. I just love the idea that after they're watching the movie, <laughs> it's like, aha, we really put one over on the makers of things. We got our credit on first. Oh, my God, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, credit- think about it this way, though. It makes sense because I think I think – I think more people than I would even care to admit wouldn't even get to the 10 minute mark in this film. Yeah. So it makes sense for them because their name got to all of those people. Yes. Uh, fair and enough. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing. I'm just saying that their name got out there. You know, I wouldn't know who the hell strict nine is if it wasn't for this movie. What, what Mo is saying is that if you're going to be involved with the worst movie in the world, Make sure you're at the very beginning of it, yeah. so people who turn it off after a few minutes still get to see you. Absolutely, that's get your money's worth. That is good advice. <laughs> Let's now. I don't know if Strict Nine were the ones who composed that theme that we were just hearing a moment ago. <laughs> so uh, then we get into the movie proper with a car. Strict Nine via Casio, <laughs> with a car pulling into a driveway. Yep. And out of that car comes two of our main characters. Uh, the car itself is driven by someone named Wally, who we never get to see. Uh, but we do get to meet Don and Fred. Now, what's interesting about Don and Fred? Um, <laughs> not much. <laughs> they're they're pretty plain-looking folk, except for Don's spectacular, utterly spectacular dirt stash. He has a wonderful – I mean, Dirt Stash is really the only way you could describe it. It's the it. only thing. You know, I, I would say that it gives J.R. Bookwalter a run for his money, but <laughs> Bookwalter is the king of that Dirt Stash. So. Uh, anyone who's ever seen the cover or poster for things, uh, Barry J. Gillis, who plays uh, uh, Don in the film, yeah. he, he's the person that we're referring to with the Dirt Stash. It's even in those posters and promotional materials. That's not how he looks in the movie. Not at all. But it does give you a sense of what that stash looks like. You know, I got to tell you though, like, uh, and this is going to sound completely insane, and it kind of is. But the day I got things in the mail, because I remember uh, it was uh, Intervision. Uh huh. Was, was that who it was Intervision? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, did a, a VHS release of the film, and I actually uh, came very, very close to being fired the day that movie came out uh, because I I worked in a call center, uh-huh. and I knew that that movie was coming out at some point that morning, and I'm like, I am getting myself a copy of this. <laughs> so I did not take a single call for like two hours. Holy shit. Yeah, and I just sat on that website just hitting the refresh button, you know, and then like the next day, my my boss called me into her office and was like, "Why didn't you take any calls?" And I'm like, "I I have no idea. I just I, nothing came through, you know." And she's like, "You got to be careful of that." But uh, but <laughs> but the 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 second the second 
that uh, that that movie went up for sale. I was like, I was all over it. That is a tale of fandom. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I was, I'm like, I need this movie in my life, and that's, and it's very rare. It's not the sort of thing I do very often. Um, but almost there... get fired for yeah, right. to, in order to get a movie on VHS. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so so I got so I got things. Well, because I had missed their their release of Sledgehammer, right? You know, and that pissed me off a lot. So I'm like, I'm getting things, um, and of course, I've missed every subsequent one after that. But I got things. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, then when I got it in the mail, I brought the, the the tape like the box into work with me, so I could sit it next to my uh, my monitor and just stare at the fucking uh, box art, like like just for the day. I just stared at it. Dear God, I'm insane. That I, that I have to say that that is the actions of of I can't call that the actions of a sane man. <laughs> no, I I thoroughly admit that when it comes to things, I'm a little insane. Well, you have to be a little insane. You kind of do, especially to be into it as much as I am. But yeah, um, I, where were we? What were we? Don and Fred just. Oh came yeah, out of the we're car. talking about Don and Fred. Yeah, so so Don's wearing just some like you know stonewash, dash wash jeans, and, uh, and 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 just like a blue sweatshirt, mm-hmm. um, which like we had noted, he he's not wearing on the cover of the uh, of the film, <laughs> um, and he has. Uh, uh, not a, a, an incredibly bad, but um, but enough, you know. Uh, since it's Canadian, we'll refer to it as hockey hair. Yeah, like a, almost like a permed hockey. Yeah, hair. he's got a he's got a permullet. Yeah, it's really something else. So he's a distinctive looking gentleman. This Don. Yeah, uh, and again, played by uh, the co-writer of the film. Um, and uh, Fred is actually one of my favorite characters because he's just kind of a guy. Yeah, Fred's the most normal guy in the movie. Which actually makes him stand out all the more. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but before we get to see what the fuck they're doing and why the fuck they're doing it, we jump to our first news broadcast. Our oh, first oh, news be- inter- before we get into the news program thing, like, Don says something to Wally, you know, because, you know, you don't see Wally, but Don right. says something to Wally sort of like casually that I just fucking love. He just he says to him, he goes, he goes, Oh, have a have a good drive home, you goof. <laughs> <laughs> now, this might surprise anyone up to this point, but this movie doesn't take place in Canada. It takes place in the US. Yeah, it's and, supposed to take place uh, in like California. In like California, which as we go along will be harder and harder to <laughs> In fact the first time you hear any audio from these fucking guys. Yeah. Um so we jump right to the first news interruption. It's Amberlynn, famous uh, adult actress Amber- Amberlynn, and she introduces herself and then pitches <laughs> to a second person, Johnny Scott. And what's notable about Johnny, Mo? Uh, he's in an entirely different location. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, like, like, like you said, it's a cutaway to, to him. And that cutaway lasts milliseconds milliseconds yeah it's like it's like i'm amber lynn i'm johnny scott and right back there again and the other notable thing about johnny scott when it does pitch over to him and we'll we'll, we'll hear a little of this later is that his audio is completely unintelligible it's all scratched it's, it's and the worst fucked. uh but we'll hear a little bit of that uh and they all they mention is that residents of the upper east side will be without power for three hours which i guess is supposed to explain why it's so dark when uh i guess but it's it's hard to connect it because there's the thing these interruptions these news interruptions most of the time are not going to have anything to do with the plot sure. and so but you're you know as a viewer you're like well why would they be here so you're searching for connections that may not actually exist mm. so 
Fred and Don are wandering around in the dark, and we discover that they're actually looking for Doug. Now, I might be wrong about this, but I don't think at this point in the movie, the first time you watch it, that the the character at the very beginning who was Doug, as we've already mentioned, was named. He hasn't so, been named yet, no. Right. So to connect those that opening bit to what's happening here, it takes a little while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, easy... even more so than that, it takes it takes a yeah, it takes until they show Doug because it's I mean, keep in mind, we're introduced to the idea of Doug at around the eight and a half minute point. <laughs> You know, so this is eight and a half minutes where you have no idea what's happening. You don't know any of the characters' names except for uh, Amberlynn and the other um, uh, news guy because they announce themselves. Right. You know, all we know is that this one guy is banging on this other guy's door. Right. And we know yeah. his name is Doug because, well, because of this. Yeah. You must be home. Doug. 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 <laughs> Are you home? <laughs> Doug, 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 are you home? Got here somewhere. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yes. So that happens. <laughs> so they basically break into Doug's house. Yeah, they do. They break into his house, and they do what uh, Americans do in these situations, which they immediately start drinking his beer. Yeah, uh, and we under we discover very early on now in this conversation that Don and Doug are brothers. So Don has come to visit Doug at his house. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like he's come out without any warning whatsoever. The backstory of Fred and Don is extremely confusing to me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they elaborate a little bit later in a way that's completely unnecessary. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that. But in terms of Okay, so the movie started with something really weird, a naked woman in a devil mask. Mm -hmm. At this point, from now on, we're just going to have to accept occasional odd things happening because it's part of the logic of things. Right. And that starts with Don opening the freezer. Yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is one of those dumbfounding moments where even because you have already had the experience with the, you know, with the, the naked woman in the devil mask, like what happens here is still very unusual and doesn't make any goddamn sense. So like you said, he opens up the freezer um, and they fucking, what do they find? They find a fucking tape recorder and a book. The book is Horror of a Thousand Ugly Brutal Cuts. Mm. And yes, a tape recorder in the freezer. And remember, by the way, that opening sequence was a dream. This isn't. This is not a dream. This is actually, quote unquote, actually happening um, but I mean, obviously I love, there, there are little nods throughout things to, to other movies as tends to happen, you know, when you do these low budget films, but this one is, is probably the most egregious because they talk about the movie they're referencing as they referencing it, yes. you know? So, so clearly anybody who hasn't caught on to this yet, this is an evil dead reference. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they, so the only difference is that the book that they're reading is for some reason is about Aleister Crowley. Yes. The diagrams are so sick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so they start playing the tape, 
Um, yeah, they start playing the tape yep. and, and talking, and Fred makes vague references about, what's that movie that you really like that has the thing with the, you know, and, like, he doesn't really, he tries very hard not to say anything specific <laughs> to Evil Dead, but it's clear he's talking about of it. Of course, of yeah. course. And, and it, you know, one of the, on the Cinema Family commentary, they do make a pretty interesting point a little later in the movie that this whole the way that the whole movie is structured and made, it's like if you were like a, taking a bunch of high school students and having them make a movie where they didn't really know the technical side of things, right. but they're like filling it full of references to things and yeah. it doesn't need to make sense. And sometimes they're like, well, this part will be scary, but no, this part will be funny and we'll just goof off through right, it. Right, right. This is really – but even within that, some of the shit is really crazy because yeah. immediately after what you just said where they make the reference to Evil Dead and they play the audio, which is just sort of a weird voice saying things like, get your hands off of me or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Don says that he's getting – I think he says he's getting warm. Is yeah, that what's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah, he, was, he goes, it's getting hot in here or something to that effect. And then he does what anyone would do in a case where you're feeling a little warm <laughs> in someone's house. Which he is. takes off his coat. Yep. And he puts it in the freezer. Yeah, makes total sense. And I believe he even says something like, this will cool it off or something to that effect. I feel like he says something like that. He as- doesn't – he doesn't smile. He doesn't suggest that what he's doing is just being silly. Nope. He's, it seems like and, – and there's a moment in just a few minutes which is very similar to this where it's like the logic of a maniac. <laughs> I'm warm. And I'm warm because of this coat. So in order to cool myself off, I'm going to put the coat in the freezer. Yeah, I got I to gotta cool myself off, so let's put the coat in the freezer. It makes total fucking sense if so, you're ranged. So they're, they're listening to the tape, and then – and I was very confused by this the first time I saw it. Yeah, because it comes from out of nowhere. Doug yep. comes out just for a second mm-hmm. and yells at them for listening to the tape. Yeah. He said and it, it's... Sounds, it sounds like this. this. Turn this thing off. Susan's trying to sleep. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the music they, that's the music they decided to put afterwards. You can hear a little bit of the audio from the tape in the background. <laughs> this part where Doug comes out, you don't see his face. Yep. He's cut off on the top of the screen. Yep. I thought, and, and again, you can recognize the voice because I'm, I'm obsessing about the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first saw this, I thought it was Fred who came over and decided to turn it off. Yeah. Because we, we, I'm not even sure that the Doug from the beginning of the movie is the person who's in this house. Yeah, right. Who, know, who even knows? It was... It's so fucked. So anyway, Doug comes out and does that and then leaves again. Right. And, and then, they continue like they never saw him. Well, but here's where Fred shows his crazy side. Yes. Because Fred decides that this is the moment he wants to search the cabinets for a cockroach to eat. I mean, I took this, especially at this point in the movie, as a joke that he was making. It's like, yeah, I'm going to eat a cockroach. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I think he might have been trying to be funny. But still, the fact of the matter is, is that he's actively searching the cabinets for a cockroach. Yeah. And I mean, he's bas- he's just commenting randomly on everything that he but, sees. But there is a great fucking moment where he taps on a fish that's on the wall and, yes. s- and just goes, yup, it's plastic. <laughs> oh, Fred, you're the best character. He really is. So, I mean, I guess they're getting bored, which is pretty reasonable considering the place. Yeah. <laughs> considering the place is fairly sparsely decorated. It's going to be the longest uh, episode we ever do. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they both decide that they're going to watch TV. And that's exciting because according to Don, they get the bestiality network there. Well, here's here's another here's another one of those not so veiled veiled references because they're clearly talking about Videodrome. Yes, yeah. and, and I mean, I, you know, and as Canadians, you would almost have to make a reference yeah, to video drones. You know, cool. yeah, because he mentions that they get underground stations from New York and Texas right. and things like that, and that is the reason that they we immediately go back to Ginger, not Ginger Lynn, Amberlynn. It's <laughs> an easy mistake to make, uh, and and now we'll actually listen to a little bit of her audio, and again, this what she says here is apropos of nothing. It has no connection to the no rest connection of the to anything. A medical discovery by the world-renowned Dr. Lucas of Grizzly Flats. Scientists and surgeons alike are very excited. Dr. Lucas has discovered that if the human brain is exposed to ultraviolet light, a human's lifespan will double. Scientists all over the world are very happy with the discovery, <laughs> and if... <laughs> They're very you know what, happy though? with the discovery. You know what, though? That's... That, you know, that... that it means nothing right now, but it does mean something to the greater plot of the film. It does because yeah. the doctor that she mentions will actually will actually is actually involved in the plot. Um, yeah. Much later, much later, yeah. and I can't wait for him to be introduced because he is legit my favorite character in this movie. Yeah, he's bad. he's <laughs> something else. <laughs> so then comes what to me is the most confusing part of the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, th now this is a scene that makes no fucking sense compared to the rest of the movie. This, there's nothing, no, no reason at all. So we go from this news broadcast to uh, three people in like a Texas Chainsaw-esque looking house, right? It's I a, think that's fair It seems like, yeah, no, yeah, that's a, that's a fair comparison. And within this house, there are people like tied up and tied to door frames and shit. And there's one guy who's tied to, his ch to, to a chair and his arm has been mutilated and sort of skinned. Right. And, now this now this set piece is the set piece that's on the front cover of the uh of the thing. Keeping right. in, keeping in mind that Don who's wearing an outfit that he doesn't wear in the film is on a set that he doesn't set foot onto in the film. He's holding a weapon by the way that is featured in the movie yeah. but not in the form that he has in his hand on the cover. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so there's a guy tied to a chair, his arm has been mutilated. They rip out his tongue. Uh, they use one of those paper slicers to... Uh, they unstrap his arm and then they slice it off using like a paper slicer. Yep. And then they pull out his eye. And <laughs> they pull out his eye and the sound effects... And this is kind of a, a, a common thing in this movie the as well. Movie. The sound effects are absolutely ridiculous and are made by a person as opposed to like a sound effect. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the quote-unquote Foley work in this is, I mean, awful. So they're ripping out the guy's eye, and, and it sounds like, yeah, like someone making that into a microphone, which is exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. And there's like a track playing in the background that's saying stuff like, kill, kill, I want you to kill. You know, it's just, it's, the whole scene is, I mean, it's, it's like a fucking uh, LSD trip, you know, it's a yeah. hallucination. It's crazy. So. Uh, we'll get. There's a sound clip I'm going to play from here, but before we do that, I just want to finish talking about it, which is that the the guy in the uh, there's there's a guy torturing the guy tied to a chair, yeah. and there's a woman as well, and the woman comes over and she cuts the guy's throat, mm -hmm. the uh, the guy who's tied to the chair. Then two guys come into the room with a stretcher, and they it's got like a, a sheet on it. They pull it back, and there's a head underneath it. Right. This whole sequence has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. 
Like nothing. There's nothing. no connection. Nothing. Except, and now this, I need to th- run this by you. I need to run this up your flagpole and see if you salute it. Is the person doing the torturing here, the man, is that the doctor? I think it's supposed to be, but I, you know what? From the time it takes for you to to see this scene to the scene later where the doctor shows up, it's so easy to forget who was in this scene. So There's no I, reason to think that this is supposed to be the same person. No, no. And th- also in this scene, he's wearing glasses, and later he doesn't wear glasses. Right, and it's and after and the only reason why you would why that would even come to mind is like is in a situation like this where it's after the fact you've already watched the movie and you're talking about it, and they're like, oh, well, they were just talking about this doctor, so maybe it makes sense that now they're actually showing the doctor. But there's no, there's nothing. That gives any indication that this is the doctor. This sequence is fucked anyway. Yeah. But it's more fucked the second time you watch it because you realize just how unconnected it is. To yeah, the right, the right, movie. exactly. It's also yeah. the most violent part of the movie. By it is. And, and, I, and, and, I got, and straight up, straight up, I got to say, the effects in this scene, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, and, and plentiful. It reminded yeah. me a little bit of, of uh, The Burning Moon, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, absolutely. So... As this guy, you got yourself in a tailspin. <laughs> Mo is referencing a repeated song from the movie Things from 1989. This, this is this is the first time the song shows up in the movie is during. So this. they're torturing this guy, may or may not be the doctor, and then he lets out this laugh, and this is what the laughter sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, what he sounds like. Can you play that one more time? I'm going to try to not laugh over it. I can do that. Please. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, that's so... Oh, my God. He's like fucking... Uh, oh, God. Um, What the hell is his name? Uh, The dog from Wacky Races. Yeah, Muttley? Is that... No, 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 no. It's like... Isn't it like Sneevely or something like that? Maybe it is Muttley. I don't know. I don't know. Isn't the guy he rides with... I can't remember. I think it might be Muttley. But no, doesn't that dog go... Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think you're right. Either way. That's that's what it reminds me of anyway. So we go from this sequence right back to to Don and um, Fred. Mm-hmm. And when it cuts back, Fred is looking into like a cupboard, and my first impression after watching the, when I was watching this just recently for the first time recently is that that he was watching what was going on. Right, right. It's really confusing. It is very confusing. Oh, and they make a, ho- a last house on the left reference here. What did they say? I forget what they said. I just wrote that they make a last house. On the oh, left. that's right. Because he, he even says that he he lived at the last house on the left right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So then they start talking about the decor because uh, Fred notices that uh, Salvador Dali's famous Devil's Daughter painting that that he thought was burnt years ago is on the wall. Um, so apparently this place is supposed to be um, decorated with like a lot of famous rare art. I don't know how that connects to the Doug character we find, by the way, the one that we actually get to know. All, all I know is that is that uh, there's a. I mean. There are so many like weird, mundane. I don't even say weird because they're not um, straight up mundane actions taking place during this scene in particular. Um, 
but all of this really insane stuff being said during it. So, cause like 99% of what happens between that last uh, clip we just played and the next clip we play is just like Fred turning on lights, uh, flipping, yes. the, flipping the channel on the TV, uh, getting a beer for Don or Fred getting a beer, you know, like playing with a dog, <laughs> you know, there's, there's not really like, the dog that we hadn't seen until yeah, he references hadn't it. Seen, and, and in all honesty, very soon won't see again. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because um, because it's not because it's referenced. It's it's they they actually show you what happens. <laughs> and then uh, we mentioned a moment ago the way that Don's mind works is sort of strange because of, of the main, the maniacal way I that know, he took that coat off. I know exactly what you're going to say <laughs> next. Uh, yeah, please continue. <laughs> one of my then one of my he... favorite moments in the entire fucking movie. Then he does what I can only describe as the craziest thing that anyone has ever done in the history of cinema. Yeah, and and that's and, and you know, and I I think that that line of thinking might come from the fact that you're Canadian. But, <laughs> but if anything, the fact that the fact that I'm Canadian and this movie's Canadian makes this even more confusing. Yes. By the way, up until this point, there's no way to think that this is supposed to take place in the U.S. Huh. This is the first reference to it. Yeah. Okay, Don is drinking beer. Because they're all drinking beer. And he says, this beer tastes like cow shit. It must have come from a well in Africa. Yeah. Then, he says, <laughs> I'll add some pure American water to that. <laughs> so he goes over to the sink, and he waters down his own beer. Yeah, he fills the water. He fills his, his beer bottle up with water. And just the fact, just the fact that he does that is, it's one of, it's the, it's, it's the most batshit fucking thing you could do in a movie. Let let me, let me, let me tell you, let me, let me, let me preface this before I, before I continue what I'm going to say. I have seen a lot of art films, a lot of really surreal avant-garde, very odd art films. This right here is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a movie. He waters down his own beer. It's crazy. <laughs> so uh, while that's happening, Fred, who has gotten very, very bored, is watching some television. And by the way, this movie, it was made in 1989 or maybe 1988, certainly around that time period. Oh, and we should also reference the fact that Don is in the kitchen because he's supposed to be getting Fred a beer. Yeah. But what he does instead is he, obviously he sits in the kitchen he drinks his beer. He makes that West Africa comment, fills his beer back up with water, and then sits back down again. <laughs> yes, he doesn't get him the beer <laughs> he does at all. not get him a beer. So, uh, so <laughs> this movie was made in the late 80s, but it looks like it was made in like the mid-70s. That's Absolutely. how shitty everything looks. Absolutely. This is, so, this is one of the one of the 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 the, uh, the poorest examples of of cinematic lighting I've ever seen. <laughs> so they start watching television together. Yep. That's what happens next. And the TV, which, despite the fact that he picks up channels from all over the United States, uh, is it's got this shaky black and white image. Yeah, it's like a it's like a twelve inch black and white television. And it's playing some sort of awful looking horror movie. Yeah. And so Don decides to talk over what he's seeing. And now listen to this and pretend that he's talking about the movie we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I saw this before. What a bunch of trash. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know that guy, that guy. He's, he was in that other movie, um, I think that one with Bruce Lee, yeah, that was it. <laughs> this company puts out the cheapest crap I've ever seen. <laughs> So you got to listen to a bit of that tailspin song there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And and of course and of course here's the best part. What's the name of the movie they're watching? What is it? Groundhog's Day Massacre. <laughs> I wish we were watching Groundhog's Day Massacre. Yeah, I do too. I, I after seeing what was on the TV compared to what we had just we we were currently watching, yeah, I I definitely want to watch Groundhog's Day Massacre. So this movie's been filler for like twenty minutes now. Uh, yes, the movie's only twenty-two minutes long. So, <laughs> so they're only they've Fuck. been waiting waiting for Doug to show up. So they're just doing random shit. Yeah. They change the channel to what sounds like porno, um, and watch that for a while. And then mercifully, Doug joins the movie. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna have a bit more dialogue from Doug here because he does. He immediately goes into doing absolutely insane things. <laughs> so his first thing he he does is that he gets pissed at the two of them for not bringing food. Right. Which which suggests, by the way, that he was expecting them at least slightly. Yeah. Um. And so <laughs> he goes to make some food himself, and what he finds when he goes into the uh, kitchen. Remember, Fred looked and couldn't even find a cockroach. Yeah. He he finds some bread, and this is how he describes it. Well, the six-day or a six-month-old bread in here. Maybe I can make myself some kind of a sandwich. You yeah. dingus. <laughs> you drangus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Denny, Denny, <laughs> make us a sandwich. Uh, maybe I can make my. It's been noted in several reviews for this movie that everyone acts like they're drunk all the time, even in their like dialogue yeah. in what how it comes out, and it's easy to believe that that because who talks like that? Right, right. So he comes out to the living room with quotation mark sandwiches in quotation mark. These sandwiches appear to be just bread. Yeah. So he's made these sandwiches, and he comes out to the living room and puts this pile of sandwiches uh, in front of the guys. Don decides that he's got to use the bathroom. Right. So they decide they're going to play a little prank on him. Well, and and there's a great moment, too, where I believe um, Fred – this is great because Doug asks Don to get him a beer. Fred also asks Don to get him a beer (laughs) while he's up. And Don responds with one of one of my favorite lines in the entire movie, and I probably should have asked you to get the audio for this. He responds with, next time you come with me, you're staying home. I, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be a joke or just terrible dialogue. I, no, I think it's just straight up terrible dialogue, but it's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. <laughs> next time you come with me, you're staying home. So Don, um, does he go to you? use the bathroom or does he just go to get the beer? I think, I think he just, just goes, to get, goes to get the beer, yeah. So he goes to get the beer. By the way, the <laughs> I know we keep saying by the way, but there's so much to mention. The the kitchen is attached to the living room. Like right. you can see one from the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes off and Doug decides that a hilarious joke would be to take this bug that he's found, a cockroach or whatever, and to put it on uh, Don's sandwich. Yeah. And this is what he says. I love this. This will be crunchy in his tummy. <laughs> yum, I don't know who's yum. supposed to be a good guy. Yeah, right. 
Yummy, yummy, yummy in my tummy, tummy, tummy. There's also some burping and farting that happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also a a sequence which is really weird where they're throwing a bottle cap back and forth for no reason. So then Don comes back. And, and he starts to eat a sandwich. Well, well, he yeah, yeah, he's about to take a bite out of his sandwich, and somehow through his sick, uh, thick ass sweatshirt, he feels a mosquito bite him. Yeah, he yells about it, and then he just goes right back to eating the sandwich <laughs> anyway. So, so much for uh, extending the ten the tense moment. Right, there. right. Uh, and then, of course, he compliments Doug on the sandwich. He says something like, "For something you'd conjure up, you did a pretty good job." Right. And now, and now we can officially say at this moment is when the movie starts. Yes, absolutely. Because Doug then goes in to check on Susan. Now, Susan is the woman from the beginning that he gave the pain pills to. That's his wife. Susan isn't feeling well. That's what's happening here. Yep. But when he goes to check on Susan, something is amiss. Yeah. She's he's, bleeding. She's bleeding. You know, women bleeding. Nah. Ah, ah, yeah, but no, it's not like that kind of bleeding. Something is ripped out of her stomach. Yeah, we got a real alien moment here. Yeah, so um, except not so, even remotely as good. <laughs> Tugs in there. He goes, Don, Fred, come quick. Susan's sick, but she's more than sick. She's really, really dead. Yeah. And, some, <laughs> and some things, just like the title, have ripped out of her stomach, and right. we don't get to see them right yet. Uh, but what do the things in this movie look like? Uh, you know, the normal response would be to say that they look like giant spiders, but mm-hmm. but they don't. No. They look like giant ants with big teeth. Yes. Yeah. They look like almost like a weird amalgam of spiders and ants. Yeah, they're, but... they're ants with mouths. And uh, they don't really move. <laughs> yeah, there, they are, there's, there's, uh, I believe there's exactly one point of articulation on <laughs> one of them. Uh, and uh, so these things are ripped out of Susan's stomach. We also... Uh, there is one on the front cover of the... Yes, of the, of if you want to go thing. check that yeah. out. And also, uh, you can certainly find clips on, yeah, uh, on YouTube. Yeah. So then we get to say goodbye to the dog, because the dog goes behind uh, a curtain. He goes into the bathroom. Okay, that's right. He goes into the bathroom, and we see some blood splattering on the mm-hmm. wall. We haven't noted, we haven't mentioned this yet either, but the the amount of like curtains and the decor on, like the front door when they first come into this place, it has um uh like like a blinds or or some sort of, Shade, of yeah. shades or something on the front, and they're just like plastic garbage bags. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very nice place. No. Then we get right back to another news article. Amberlynn tells us that George Romero is taking his plate to the Supreme Court because of well, Night of the Living Dead being well, in the public domain. Well, hold on. Hold on. Oh, hold, hold on. We're, we're, we're skipping over one of the key moments of their pure insanity because Susan has just died, okay? Uh, and they just witnessed a monster come out of her. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go back into the living room to talk about it. Yes, that's true. Like, they're not freaking out at all. They're just back in the living room as if they're just finishing their sandwiches. Yeah, they needed to talk this over. Yeah. They're not, they are not. They don't call anybody either. No. I, well, I think I, they mentioned I, a little bit that the phone can't, is... yeah. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of weird... Well, you want to talk about a weird exposition. We're going to head right into some weird exposition. Yes, yeah. So we're back to the news. 
Back to the news. It's Amberlynn telling us the George Romero uh, is going to the Supreme Court because of Night of the Living Dead being in the public domain. Again, apropos of nothing. Yep. It has nothing to do with the plot. But then we get back to the plot, it's, the most important moment of the plot. Yeah, it's, that scene is in there really just to make a Romero reference. Hmm, whoop de doo Yeah. Um, Doug explains to Fred and Don why his wife may have given birth to some weird creatures. They... Apparently, they couldn't have a child. Doug is impotent, uh, just like his dream is kind of suggesting. They both... I said, they I'm both, my baby. <laughs> they, apparently, they didn't have much money, so, uh, and they, uh, they couldn't ask Don because Don was in school or something. So they went to Dr. Lucas, who was mentioned earlier uh, about the making people smarter using uh, light. <laughs> and, and Dr. Lucas found a way to artificially... <laughs> he says, artificially impregnate her. But something went wrong. <laughs> and yeah. after hearing this, Don is super pissed. He's like, you let that maniac uh, experiment on Susan? And that is when we get the greatest monologue <laughs> that anyone has ever said in... Okay, I'm yep. actually going to play... I'm going to play the monologue, even though we're not supposed to have this as a clip. Because everyone needs to hear it. Yes, even... Yeah, and I, I, I loved it so much that I put it on SoundCloud and put it everywhere. <laughs> but let's listen to this entire monologue that Don then says. This is amazing. I read a story once about something weird like this. It was a sci-fi novel about a couple of teenagers who had nothing better to do one summer than to kill the neighborhood boy named Harold. Mm. Along with everyone else in the Scottish town, <laughs> the boys thought he was weird in his ways. Which is a fat album. A few times he was observed by Lakeshore e eating raw fish that he caught on his fishing rod. When he was young, they all bothered him because he was thin as a toothpick. And as he got older, they... They laughed at him because he was fatter than a fridge. <laughs> One of the boys took a hammer to Harold's head. The claw of the hammer. And the other slashed his stomach open with a machete. Harold died from blows to the head. Dead. But it wasn't until the machete slashed him open that he smiled. The first time the boys had ever seen him smile. At that instant, out of the flames of hell, a large serpent-like beast burst out of Harold's bloody stomach and devoured both killers and proceeded to consume everyone else in the town that it set its eyes upon. It had a hunger that couldn't be satisfied until it ate every torso in the town. Every torso. Every torso in the town. Yeah. Oh, poor Harold, who was fatter than a fridge. <laughs> Everybody made fun of him because he was thin as a toothpick. Like, that is supposed to be a serious moment. Yeah. Yeah, and all he's doing is telling a story that he read in a sci-fi novel. That's right. Yeah. That, that, and, and honestly, until the end of it where the creature bursts out of his stomach, there really is no connection at all no, to what's happening. No, exactly. 
you know i mean and that's that's straight out of a fucking bill cosby routine though i mean not the stomach slashing and all that but i mean the, the weird harold i mean harold her yeah. face was split <laughs> weird weird harold was <laughs> yeah let's just do our bill cosby impression you'll see <laughs> so Fred asks the very sensible question of, couldn't they now call the police? Yeah, right. Fred's the only one in this entire movie that makes a like a legitimately good suggestion that they go get help. Now, Don immediately poo-poos the idea of, of getting help, and he does it in this way. This is amazing, too. Why don't we do something about this? Call the police or something? Can't do too much. Can't make it through those woods. The phone's out, can't do nothing. Might get attacked by bears, rattlesnakes. This is a real creepy place, you know. Besides, Grizzly Flats is the closest town to here. That's nine miles away. They'd be crating us away in pine boxes by morning. So, <laughs> let's not forget that Fred and Don did walk to this place from what must have been a road, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a real creepy place, and and they're gonna be taking them out in pine boxes. Yeah, they're they're worried about being attacked by bears or rattlesnakes. Bears and snakes. But like you know, like and 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 I think Don also is worried about what might happen to um I forgot her name the the Susan. Yeah, thank you, Susan's body. Who gives a shit? Right, exactly. She's already fucking dead, and of course Doug has the greatest reaction to to this whole suggestion. He wants a beer. Yes, exactly. That is what they decide to do. Yeah. Now, by, by the way, uh, you know how there might be dangerous creatures like bears and uh, and rattlesnakes out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. There they're are in, things they're... in the house. Yes, they're in there with them. <laughs> but it's but it's great, too, here, because there's a moment here where they, they tell them to relax. You know, like, I believe they're sitting in the living room talking, and, and I, I want to say it's Doug who tells him to relax. You know... Meanwhile, you know there are monsters in the house. Yeah, you, relax. You know, yeah, you your wife is dead in the next room, and you're like, eh, relax. <laughs> uh, and at that moment, just to make things worse, the lights go out because yeah. the fuses somehow get overloaded. Yeah. Uh, and that is punctuated by going back to a news broadcast. Uh-huh. Uh, this one is... This one is actually ties into the plot this because is, we yeah, learn... Yeah, 31 minutes into the movie, or 30 three-ish minutes into the movie and we're finally getting like tie-ins to what's happening with these newscasts we learn that people are actually searching for don and fred because they've gone missing yeah and i don't understand how that fits into the plot (laughs) but they elaborated on a little bit more uh, a little bit more a little bit later in ways that really don't make any sense um but this is also the the part of the news broadcast where they throw over to Johnny. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to Johnny. Please. Back to Johnny. Tabloids report that Bagel boy Rob Camelli, Cher's boyfriend, has been seen around town with Tracy Lords in some of the hottest Hollywood clubs. Don't you mean ex-porn star Tracy Lords? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, because for some reason there's a woman setting, sitting on his lawn. And then that's how it ends. She goes, are we still on air? So they have, for one thing, if they had cut Amberlynn before she pitched to the guy then they could have not had to put that shitty audio in the movie right. that didn't have anything to do with the movie anyway exactly what a load of horse shit yeah right so they go back to Doug's house 
<laughs> I mean, the movie does. Yeah. And Fred has vanished. Yeah, he's been sucked into another dimension or something. This is what I was talking about earlier. <clears throat> All right, so Fred has been sucked into an alternate dimension. Is That's the way I like to, to consider it. Uh, that's uh, Whether or not that's the actual story or not, that's how I'm taking it. I mean, it's, it makes as much sense as anything else. Right, he was, he was sucked into another dimension, and for some reason, a very large amount of his blood gets splattered all over Doug. Yes. You know? In fact, one of the characters says that he got sucked into the fourth, fifth, and sixth dimension. Right. You know, but here's here's the greatest reaction because there's there's no natural reaction to the fact that now two people are dead. Supposedly, mm-hmm. two people are presumably dead in your in your house or because of your house, <laughs> and you're pissed off because you're covered in the guy's blood. Which, might I add, leads to one of the leads to one of the things I hate about this movie the most. And that's the fact that for the next, like, 20 minutes or so, Doug is shirtless. <laughs> I love how Don's explanation for Fred disappearing is that he spontaneously combusted. Yeah, right. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> which, which, I mean, just because it makes some sort of sense to him, it means he doesn't bother him that much. So, yes, Doug, because he got covered in blood, takes off his shirt and spends literally probably three and a half, four minutes yeah. wiping himself with paper towels. Right, right. They just and the camera just like lingers on his naked torso Ugh. and and I mean look, I'm sorry we've done nothing but mock you, actor who played Doug, but no one wants to see that. Nobody. Yeah, I don't think you want to see that. I know I don't. No, nobody. Uh, but so they do do that and he does remain shirtless for the next little while. <laughs> then Doug and Don, which by the way they're not like bothered or or scared no, at all. No. They what they need to do at this point is that they need to go into the basement and fix the fuses, to change the fuses. So the first thing they do is they go to the basement door, and uh, on the front of the basement door is all of this weird art. Yeah, I got I got to tell you, man, that there is a line, and I don't know if you caught the audio for this or not, but there is one of the most like um, poor taste lines in the entire film happen about to happen right here. Uh, I know you have the first half of it. I don't know if you have the second half or not, but here, just just play play the play the line we have here. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is their discussion. Yeah. You never told me you were a kindergarten artist. Well, you never told me that you were an asshole either. I had to find out for myself. <laughs> That's pretty disgusting stuff you nailed on your basement door. Our niece did that before we tortured and ate her. Good, it's there. <laughs> okay, that's the line I was talking about. My niece did that before I tortured and ate her. It sounds like you said before we Before we, her. yeah, he does say that. Before we but tortured and ate her. Is that supposed to be a joke? Exactly. I don't know. If that's a joke, that's one of the most poor taste jokes I've ever heard. Yeah, and... <laughs> I mean, that's supposed to be a funny, like that part where he says, I never, uh, you never told me you were a kindergarten artist. You never told me you were an asshole. Uh, it's such if a it had, fucking. But if it had just ended there, like I would have laughed at that. I would have been like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny, you know? But then they, they added that next line and just from adding that, it's just like the whole scene just kind of goes from like, ah, that's kind of funny to, oh God, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah. And also it, it. Semi goes towards explaining a lot of what happens in the movie because it's like, oh, I guess Doug is 
like a crazy maniac right. who kills people. Yeah. And also, if that's the case, then why do I have sympathy for any of these? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's no sympathetic characters in this film, except maybe Fred. <laughs> So, hearing that, uh, Don does what anyone else would do, and he asks Doug to get him a beer. Yup. <laughs> Doug's response goes, everyone alive in this house knows that there ain't no beers, which is a fucked up thing to say, because it's all they've been doing so far is drinking beer. Which is, which is fucking great, too, because this is another one of my favorite, like, odd reaction moments, because they argue about who's going to get the beers, but they're both sitting right next to each other in front of the fridge. Yeah. Like, it's right there. They could just reach out to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, but with, after deciding that there is no beer, <laughs> this is so fucked. <laughs> Don decides to start looking in the cupboards for whiskey or rum, and the fucked up thing is he finds it. Yeah. Right. Right. And then Doug Doug tells a really ridiculous joke. I want you to to tell the ridiculous All joke right, to so me. So... Ask me the question, and I'll say I don't know what the answer is. All right. So, how do you get paper children? I don't know, Mo. How do you get paper children? You fuck a bag lady. <laughs> yeah, so it falls about that flat in the movie, too. But... So they're telling jokes while the guy's wife and this dude's best friend are now dead. Yeah, and Don says he thinks he hears Fred, um, but Doug has this great moment where he looks directly into the camera and says this. Fred? He's dead. <laughs> I know he's dead. All right, I got to tell you, man, back in, uh, God, I want to say it was like 2003. Um, when did the uh, the the Al Gore, W. Bush, uh, when did that happen? That would have been, uh, well, Bush was obviously president in 2001. So I think it right. was like, it was 2000. I yeah, think. so it must, yeah, so it must have been in 2000 because we did a, in this thing we did, we, we did a, we did a joke about the debates, the whole lockbox, uh, fuzzy math thing. Sure. Um, and so, so we, we filmed this, uh, this, this, a trailer for lack of a better term. It wasn't a like a full movie, um, called, uh, on the verge of vengeance. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the the and that line reading right there is very reminiscent of my uh, of my friend's line reading in that. And it's on YouTube. If anybody wants to look it up, it's called "On the Verge of Vengeance." It's terrible. Um, that delivery of "I know he's dead." Yeah, nobody sober could make a line no sound way. like that. No <laughs> way. <laughs> so this is the point where Don. Because of what Doug just said, he pours his beer, or pours his whiskey or drink or whatever, on Doug's head. Right. Oh, but my point about the line reading, though, was that the guy who said that line and the thing we did, uh, we did that project to help this kid with, like, his eighth grade, like, class project, (laughs) you know? So this, this was like an eighth grader reading this line. So it makes sense for him. These guys are adults. (laughs) <laughs> sort of sort of but yeah you're right he, yeah he then decides to pour the booze on his head and just starts laughing at him so don at this point decides that what he really needs more than alcohol is to use the bathroom <laughs> he needs to go to the can bad <laughs> but he's really scared that some of those creatures might be in there which is a you know a logical concern which is There's surprising because a... nothing else about this film is logical <laughs> so Doug says that he that he'll actually accompany him to the bathroom mm-hmm. and just to waste as much time as possible. They go to the bathroom, but they realize that it's too dark. Right. So then they go back to the kitchen to find a flashlight. Yeah. 
And when they get back to the kitchen, they do find a flashlight, but unfortunately one of the bug creatures is on top of it, which is, like, the flashlight's on the oven and the creature's on top of the fucking flashlight. Right, and the, the flashlight wasn't on the oven before. No. And the creature wasn't in the room before. Certainly not. I could totally understand the creature getting into the room, but the fact, like, what did he do? Did, he, did the creature, like, sense that they were going to need a flashlight? <laughs> and he's like, I got this flashlight, and now he's just going to, he's sitting on it. So they Don uh, kills the creature with a butcher knife. Yes. Um, <laughs> Doug goes, "You got it real good." <laughs> and then he wipe, and then the best part is that he ends up he wipes the blood off yep. with just some of the worst foley work ever. It's just like it is. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah. That is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it is outstandingly horrible. But just imagine it like a hundred times louder. Every all of the quote unquote foley work in this is just so much louder than anything else this part by the way is just like an 80s adventure game on a computer yeah where they're like i need to get to the bathroom you go into the bathroom it's too dark we need a flashlight yeah go back to the kitchen we need to get a flashlight oh there is a bug on the flashlight and now they get it and now they're going back <laughs> to the fucking bathroom yep. so they go to the bathroom with the flashlight and they're like searching within the bathroom itself and they pull back the shower curtain and there's nothing there um, <laughs> then they look behind the toilet. Um, then something like really strange happens. Don comes out and he grabs Doug. Yeah, right. Uh, and then like Doug looks really surprised when he grabs him. And then they go into the bathroom. What happens here? I really don't understand why he grabs Doug suddenly. Well, my notes here say uh, Doug finally puts the shirt on. Yes. Um. So that that's in a second. That's actually after Don goes into the toilet to use it. Right. Right. He goes into take a piss and uh, he gives him the light and then fucks with him while he's in there. Like he's like banging on the door or something. He bangs on the door and he pretends to choke himself. Yeah. 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 And so then Doug puts a shirt on and then Don attacks Doug as like a joke. And then and then I wrote dot 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 playfully. <laughs> but then they go back into the bathroom right. together. Right. It's it's like Don should have had a line that's like, "Oh my God, come in here!" But he doesn't, so it just looks like he tackles him for no reason. And this is like, uh, this is probably one of the the no, you know what? Gorno <laughs> Gorno has a worse one, but uh, but I think this has one of the one of one of the worst Hollywood reveals um, that I think we we've, we've ever encountered in a movie because like. Don gets goes into the bathroom and he's got the flashlight and he's looking all over and he does like a once over on the entire bathroom like four times. And then just out of nowhere, now there's a thing on yes. on the toilet. Yeah. So there's a creature on the toilet at this point. Yeah. Uh which makes Doug laugh, by the way, which is very strange. And then he slams the door you in, know what? You know in what? Don's face. I gotta stop you at this point. No. At this point, it's not strange. You know, it, like if this had happened 20 minutes ago, it would still be considered strange that he laughed at it. At this point, his reactions to everything are so off that the fact that he laughs at it almost makes perfect sense. I mean, there's so much madness at this point. Yeah. It, you're right. It all kind of fits together yeah. in a really strange way. So they leave uh, and go back into the kitchen and get weapons together. Uh, they grab, I think Don gets a mallet and... Doug grabs a knife and they grab a wrench because they're preparing to go into the basement. Right. Which, because remember, Adventure Game Logic, they have to put the fuses <laughs> in down there so the lights will turn on, even though the lighting is really just as bad as it ever was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they head into the basement 
this really weird piano music plays in the background. Yeah. And like for one second, like a creature falls in front of Don's face, just like in like a haunted house. Yeah. When they get down there, the creatures are everywhere. They're all over. They're the all place. over the place. And the flashlight dies. And the flashlight <laughs> dies. So uh, at at some point, Doug ends up getting attacked from behind by one of the creatures. But this is another. And- but this is another situation where they're they're reacting wrong because they're. They, they they seem to be annoyed with the fact that the creatures are down there, but they're not afraid. Yes, that's right. <laughs> they they don't they don't. I mean, if if they're supposed to be scary, their reaction should have been, oh, I guess we can't go into the bathroom right. basement. Yeah. Let's go back up, or let's go outside. Right. Um. But no, no. Yeah. So there, the, a creature starts to attack. Uh. Doug. Yeah. He falls onto the Don, back of his head or something like that. Yeah. Don decides he's going to kill the creature by hitting it with the hammer, but ends up fucking whacking Just Doug across. smashes Doug in the back of the head. And this is his response to that action. <laughs> oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> what is oh, with that music? Are you all right? So then Don stabs one of the creatures yeah. uh, and uh, tries to fix, I think he calls them electricity things. Yeah, he, um, he does in fact call them electricity things. <laughs> but my favorite moment here is, is again, just another example of poor reactions to what's happening. Like Don gets mad at Doug for being attacked. Yes, he does. <laughs> watch myself. I'm not very good at electricity things. There's... So okay, so he he switches the fuses. The lights come back on, and he and, and it's so funny though because there are so many situations where what's happening isn't explained, but for some reason he feels the need to explain and, and express how thankful he is that there's a bunch of them asleep over there. <laughs> so then he grabs what could be Doug's body at this point, yeah. though he's not actually dead. I thought he was for a minute. Right. He picks up Doug's body. Oh, his, his living body <laughs> brings him upstairs and he goes you're fucking heavy but the other thing he says he goes I wish I had a midget for a brother right he's the guy who knocked him unconscious yeah right 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 and then he, and then he says a joke he said he jokes about him getting hammered yeah they get upstairs he goes that's Doug actually says it because he, he regains consciousness oh, right. he goes that's not the way I want to get hammered yeah, 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 man yeah. Uh, and right at the beginning of this episode I mentioned that there are some things in this movie that happen so quickly because of bad editing that it's hard to tell what actually occurs. And this is the prime example of it because they're sitting at the kitchen table once again. Mm-hmm. The TV is on. I guess it was on the whole time. And someone is just laughing about them being stupid on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's breaking the fourth wall. Doug reaches his hand out. There's some quick editing. And he pulls his hand back, and his fingers have been ripped off. Yes. What actually happened is he went for the bottle of booze, and one of the creatures comes out and grabs him. That is literally like five frames. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not. He was, there's no, no way that your average person will be able to know what happened to his fucking fingers. Imperceptible. Yeah. So then he freaks the fuck out because his hand, his fingers have been bitten off, and he gives uh, one of these classic uh, Evil Dead Two style lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. More weird musical choices there. <laughs> like a 
doo-wop song starts to fucking play. How weird is that? Yeah. So, yeah, so Doug gets his fingers bitten off, which he's not too happy about at all, right (laughs) after getting his head whacked in, by the way. (laughs) Then, using... I love love this. (laughs) Using the sort of logic that could only come from the movie Things, Doug decides that what he needs to do is cauterize the wound. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. You need to cauterize the wound, right? We've seen this in dozens of different movies. Right. Never in this particular form... (laughs) Where he takes a candle. It looks no, it's like, not a. It's not what, a candle. It's what, like a. It's a rolled up like newspaper. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, so yeah. he lights the rolled up newspaper. So it's so it's got the flame at the end, and he just sets his hand on fire. Yeah, sets the prosthetic on fire. It's fucking it brilliant. Just burns. <laughs> and then here, and then there's a real telling line here. But I'll, I'll let you tell your tell your thing first. What well, he says that he learned this at camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh do you want to hear what what he says what yeah i love this because this is very telling for where this movie was actually made no this movie was made in the united states of america which is uh-huh. where people say lines like this uh-huh. oh the blood is just dripping like maple syrup oh, oh so much blood Give me the morphine. Uh, yeah, so he says that the blood is dripping like maple fucking syrup. Which is, which is something that Americans say all the time. So Doug passes out, uh, and then he definitely dies. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, I guess the cauterizing didn't work too well. No. Um, and Don's response is like, you're dead, Doug. No way am I going to let these creatures eat you alive. So he does what anyone would do. He puts him in the closet. Well, here's the thing, though. He also gets mad at him for yes. being heavy again. Once again, he gets very yep. upset at him being heavy, and he puts him in the closet and puts him, apparently, under the floorboards. Yeah, it's like, dude, your brother just died, man. Yep. So now our only character to follow for the moment is Don, and Don decides that it's time to get serious, and he gets the drill. Remember the drill from the front cover? I do. Well, that drill has a really great drill bit on it, and it looks like it would be a really good weapon, almost like from, uh, what is it, Slumber Party Massacre? Where two. The, two, right? So, yeah. But in this case, it's just a regular old drill, and it's not uh, – <laughs> it, it's one that requires that it be plugged in at all times. Yeah, yeah. It's not attached to a killer guitar that, that runs while you're playing <laughs> sick licks. But um, he uh, – so he gets the drill. Starts drilling at, like, nothing in particular, just random things. Yeah. Finds the corpse of the dog. Remember earlier? I and, do. And vomits all over the floor. <laughs> I don't understand why he didn't find the corpse of the dog earlier when he was in the bathroom. I don't know why all of this, things that have happened, didn't make him vomit, but seeing the corpse of a dog did. Well, that, that's true. That I, I had noted that, too. I said he has... He has you know, he, he he finds a dog and pukes, but has no problem with his brother or sister-in-law dying. Yes. That's right. In in particularly violent ways. Right. So then he uh, drills a couple of the creatures. They appear to be made out of paper mache. <laughs> yeah. And then he, <laughs> he, he, like, rips the creature apart with his bare hands and right. starts to drill it more. But at that point, the drill comes unplugged, showing the flaw in using this as a weapon. Um, well, no, doesn't the uh, the thing, one of the things chew on it? I, you're right. I think it actually shows the cord yeah. for a second. Yeah. So, the, oh, no, no, you know what? That comes a little bit. Later, oh, with a different probably. weapon. Yeah, you're right. So he goes into another room, and Doug is there, which is very surprising. Very right. surprising to Don, who says, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> which, at this point, you you wouldn't think that to him, having a character who's dead come back would be so surprising. Uh, but Doug then vanishes. 
Yeah. And then he appears again and laughs at Don, who proceeds to then pass out on a couch. Yeah. He passes out in a really funny way. Like, he lays on the couch like he's going to almost like fainting. But then he wakes up for a second and takes a pillow and puts it under his own head. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where the most confusing part of the news broadcast happen. Right. So, back to Amber Lynn at the news desk or standing in front of a bunch of uh, old televisions. Yeah. And she mentions, while staring uh, right off screen, that Don and Fred have been missing for 14 days. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's that. And, and of course, there's the implication here that Fred may... Because I think... Is this the moment where they say that they've been seen? That they've been seen going into a hotel. I think that might be a little bit later. But yeah, no, that's, right. in, that's in a little bit. At but either point, way, so the, the implication here is that Fred may still be alive. Uh, why? I don't know. Oh, why? right, because it could have happened. I thought that all of these news broadcasts were talking about things that happened before the actions of the actual movie. Yeah, I guess, but at the same time, it seems like they're not. Yeah, well, it I, I have no it idea. Makes no fucking sense at all. Like, yeah. or you could interpret it that they've been missing for fourteen days. In this one place, and that time has somehow gotten all fucked up while they're in there. Well, that's also, a th- I mean, that's definitely a thought. But then the ridiculous happens. Don wakes up. Yeah. To the sound of a chainsaw. Yeah. The creatures are everywhere, because that might happen if you fall asleep in a house that is contaminated with them. Yes. Fred runs in with a chainsaw and starts chopping up a bunch of the creatures. Yeah, and the scream he does here is just, it's so loud yes. that it's like ear piercing. Yeah, it's really something else. Yeah. Bl- blood splatters all over the place. Don wakes up and grabs, like, is it a golf club? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, Fred, yeah, screams and he holds the chainsaw in the air and he kind of does that um, leather face dance from the be- end of the Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Yeah. Once again, his weapon is plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And we also get to hear uh, this uh, famous line. The blood in this place. It's unbelievable. (laughs) So let me explain what's happening there. See, this is this is the point in the film now where, like, all of the weird, insane shit that's happening almost kind of starts to make sense because... You know, you're trapped in a house with monsters. Everybody's dead. So, like, you know, and then your friend who had disappeared before uh, leaving a rain of blood, you know, uh, is now back. We never discover what happened to Fred. By no, you never find out. He's just back now. And, like, so, like, the fact that all, you know, their reactions are weird now almost (laughs) makes sense. But But it would only make sense if their reactions up to this point hadn't been so insane. Um... But yeah, uh, so so Don's attacked. No, he gets attacked. So so yeah. Don sees the blood from all these creatures. He goes, "The blood in this place is unbelievable." Then he gets attacked, and his response is to laugh. That's what we just heard. It's him laughing. Yeah. <laughs> then it goes back to the news report again. Yay! More and, exposition. And this was what you were mentioning before. Don and Fr- this is what they say in the news report. Don and Fred were surprised to discover that they they were being searched for on a nationwide manhunt right they were traveling across the u.s to visit a relative what yeah exactly so, so that, it's so like the timeline of the whole thing may, it makes even less sense because were they traveling west to east be after the fact or were they traveling east 
to West to get to Doug. I mean, it's <laughs> it's extremely confusing. Right, so then exactly. we get we get back to the chaos and we get this line from Don. Vade, Susan. Vader to the skull. Oh, there's worms and maggots everywhere. Get in there, friend. <laughs> and it's great. It's so great, too, because uh, he tells... You kind of caught it at the end there. He tells Fred to go in there. Yes. You know, to attack. And so Fred does. He goes in. He's on the, ta- he's on the attack. And then, like, two seconds later, he says <laughs> to him, he goes... Get out of there, Fred! You're surely going to die! Which is exactly how a human being would talk. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, but you were the one who just told yeah. Fred to go in there, you asshole! Also, Susan's already gone, so what? who cares at this right. point, right? And, and this is the moment where, where the thing eats through the cable. So. That's right, and also yeah. Don finds Doug's fingers at some point. Um, yeah, so, so the creature eats the, eats the chainsaw's wire, uh, and there's like a little spark thing there, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Fred... Is stuck in the room, getting attacked by the creatures because now he doesn't have a weapon anymore, mm-hmm. and he starts yelling at Do- at Don for not helping him. Yep. And so this is oh, this is something else. Let's let's hear Fred's uh, final lament. Don, 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 they're eating me! <laughs> Get me the fuck out of here! Don, Don, Don. I'm gonna kill you, Don! Get me out of here! This is the last time I'm going on any of your trips! <laughs> so that's like a joke, right? So. <laughs> so then something really weird happens. Oh, right, right. this movie? Right. No, 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 no. This, this, trust me, it, it's. I think, I think I'm using the right, the right terminology here when I say that something really weird happens okay. here. So Don gets the door open. Mm hmm. And, um, and I believe he's attacked by, by, by things at this moment, but at the same time, Fred, who is now just a skull, just a skull, though still alive, though still alive and somehow managed to talk, ends up making a $6 million man reference Yep, saying that they have the technology, they, they, can, can, rebuild. they can rebuild him. <laughs> Don goes in. He's just a fucking skull. Fred is. Yeah. He calls Don a chicken shit. Yeah. Then he goes, "Hey, you fucker, come back here with my eyeball." <laughs> and then he does that stupid six million dollar man reference. Um, yeah, and remember because Don comes in there with the golf club, and Fred goes, "I'm over here and over there too." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so 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 there there are actually some kind of funny moments That's, this is where i got confused about how much yeah. of it was supposed to be just regular fucked up comedy as opposed to uh people just not knowing what the hell they're doing well i think in uh in my in my notes here i i i, I kind of commented just to remind myself that you know half of this film always felt like they were just ad-libbing bullshit during the voiceover work right you know? and which is probably true it, it probably is 100 percent true um, and, and like, this is a perfect example of them just kind of throwing weird ref, you know, not weird, but throwing references out and, and just um, having fun w- with, the, with the VO, because I have a sneaking suspicion that that's not what <laughs> he said in the original Fred was supposed to be saying d- during that. Well, Fred wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Skull. Yeah. So I think we go to our final news broadcast here, uh, where they mentioned that, What's there's something going on where residents shouldn't leave their homes, and they say they're going to yeah, re- something, 
Yeah, and they say they're gonna re- they're gonna give you updates on the hour. Okay. And I and my my response to this in the notes is why. Remember things from 1989, starring Amberlynn. Yeah. <laughs> that is her entire part in the movie right there. Mm-hmm. Obviously filmed after the fact, without a doubt. Now comes my favorite moment in the entire movie, by far. So great that I I went ahead and I sli- uh, sliced out the piece of, of of video from the movie, put it on YouTube, and showed it to everybody I knew. <laughs> Doctor Lucas. Wait, the copyright people didn't come after? <laughs> not not as of yet. <laughs> they won't. Doctor Lucas, who you might recall is, I guess, responsible for the things bursting out of Susan's stomach. He, and, there's no other way to say it. Yeah, he's totally responsible. And he may or may not have been the person torturing people earlier in the movie. Who knows? There's just no way to know for sure. Exactly. He arrives at the house to check on Susan. Yeah. Now, I have a short audio clip, but I also have the full audio, and I'm going to play the full audio here. Please, do it. This is the entire exchange once the doctor arrives. It is Incredible. The actor who plays Dr. Lucas is the greatest man on the face and, of the planet. And just think, think about it. Think about this while, while you're listening to this. Think about how the doctor sounds like a monster truck show announcer. All right. I'm Dr. Lucas down from Grizzly Flats. See the fucking bastard, huh? Susan's dead. Everybody's dead all because of you. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, you. There's hundreds of creatures around this goddamn hellhole all because of you. Do you want to see some blood? So he takes him into the house. Of course. First off, take a look at this door. Oh, God, what a horrible mess. <laughs> this is ghastly, brutal, horrible, insane. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Blood and guts, that's all that's left of her. Mmm, that's human blood, all right. <laughs> what made you do such a brutal crime? What made me do it? Your experiment fucked up and you're blaming me? You're the madman! Do you tell it to the sheriff? I, 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 nothing. The evidence is surrounding me and the weapon's right at the door. I, 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 I... All I see is this goddamn chainsaw and a golf club at the door. That's well, I it. guess as answers that question, it was a golf club. At the door. At the door. Uh, you also should keep in mind... Sunday, Sunday, blood this, guts, it's that, insane. That this actor who's playing Dr. Lucas... Has a huge smile on his face. Huge smile on his time. face the entire fucking time. Especially when he's fucking licking the blood in order to say that's blood all right. <laughs> Yeah, like, I love that even the doctor has wrong reactions to everything, because he's, like, grabbing, like, lumps of intestines and, like, you know, viscera and just, like, you know, how could you do such a heinous crime? He goes, all I see is blood and guts. Murder is written all over your face. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, he, the doctor does have a very good question. Where have all the fucking creatures gone? And where's the the body and stuff? Uh, The explanation, I guess, is that the creatures are eating their own corpses, like the, 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 the bodies of the creatures themselves that have been killed, and also are eating everything else and just vanished for some reason. Yeah. I love that the doctor then says that he's going to take Don to the Los Angeles Institute. <laughs> Back in Grizzly Flats. 
See Gravedigger this Sunday. It's insane. What he, what he says, insane. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Don, uh, now faced with the possibility that he might be blamed for all of this, pushes the doctor into the bathroom and closes the door. Right. The doctor screams, creatures with no soul are devouring me whole. <laughs> this is this is the only time in the movie, by the way, where I actually know that what's happening is like is having a comedic effect. Like yes, I, right. I, I feel like like the doctor being eaten alive in the bathroom is like the only like truly funny moment in the entire film. <laughs> I mean, we get no sense of why the doctor has been doing these fucked up tests. Or oh, yeah, exactly. Why... <laughs> it's so strange. Like, okay. now would be the perfect time to have some sort of exposition as to why any of this shit is happening. But we get none of that. Unnecessary. Because right. Don goes into the closet where he earlier stored Doug's corpse, I mm-hmm. think. Because he goes in there and he says to something that we don't see, I'm getting sick of looking at you. Yeah, I think it's Doug. And then he says... I've lived with the dead in New York City, but this is ridiculous. Yeah, I see. I have a sneaking suspicion that they they maybe they're making like a Grateful Dead reference there. I I don't know, but I don't I don't get the the I've lived with the dead. You know, I don't get that. So then Don falls asleep. Yeah, and then it's suddenly he bursts out of the closet and outside into the daytime. Outside shots. Yeah, and it's honestly all this footage looks. Way better than the stuff inside. Yeah, this is, this is the best-looking footage of the film. His arms are, like, flailing around <laughs> as he's running through the woods. And, and this is weird, like, loud music playing. Yeah, it's really strange. And, you know, it, it also reminds you that what Don is we- wearing is absolutely ridiculous. That blue sweater and, like, yeah. sweatpants. <laughs> and he's screaming, help me, help me, help me. And he runs under this bridge. where This, there's... Is, this is such a great moment. Such a great moment. Yeah, so so yeah, he's he's running in a stream. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um and then there's I guess this... he's not worried about the bears and the rattlesnakes anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's not worried about the bears and the rattlesnakes at this point because now it's morning and bears don't come out in the mornings ever, apparently. Um and he's running down the down like the middle of this stream, and there's a guy standing on this bridge. And the guy reaches down and pulls and helps him up onto the bridge. <laughs> sort but the, of. But the yeah, really poorly. But the, <laughs> but the but the bridge the in its entirety is maybe like thirty meters long. He <laughs> just went up to the fucking like, side. He, he he. I mean, like it was maybe like a good like ten meters from where he was to walk to the edge. You know, yep. and just walk up the embankment onto the street. Yeah, it would have been much, much faster for him to yeah. do that. Yeah. Much less difficult. So he gets pulled up by this fucking dude. And the weird thing about the sound here is, by the way, outside, is that it's it's all looks to be uh, recorded at the time. Yeah. Um. So we get a little bit of Don's manic performance. I kind of love this line here. Me I really too. do. What the hell happened to you? There's creatures! Everybody's dead and there is a doctor! You need a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about a crazed performance? Everybody's dead and there's a doctor! I love that's his line too. Everybody's dead and there's a doctor. (laughs) Not to prolong this episode any longer than it needs to be, but can you can you please play that yeah, again? Yeah, let's hear that again. What the hell happened to you? There's 
creatures and everybody's dead and there is a doctor! You need a doctor. <laughs> Everything will be alright. I like his response to you need a doctor. I like how like what you just heard there's like a little blip in between. That's part of the sound of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and it's it's great too because then Don like demands the guy take him to Sacramento. Sacramento. They walk off. Uh that uh, you got yourself in a tailspin song starts to play. They make it into the car. There's lots of walking. Yeah. And then the guy goes, "Are you sure this wasn't all a dream?" And it's like echoey and that you know what that means. <laughs> It was a dream. Don wakes up, and he's being attacked by the doctor. Right. Who is, I guess he's just all fucked up, but he looks like he's a zombie. Yeah, and he's doing like a Dead by Dawn type rant, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and so Don, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the zombie says, dead or alive, we're all going to get you. Which right. is weird. And so Don wraps wire around the knob of this closet and ties it, I guess, somewhere. And then he just sits down, and uh, and uh, because he feels like he's he's made himself safe, and he uh, he decides that he's just going to repeat to himself. Uh, I'll be okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But the real question is, will he be okay? No, because there's one oh. of those creatures right behind his head. Right behind him. Not that, that not that we've actually seen that creature do any impact except to bite off of Doug's fingers. Yeah. But I guess I guess they're still really dangerous. That is the ending line of 1989's Things. Uh, a closing credit appears on the screen saying, you've just experienced Things. Which is and, brilliant. Which, which is, is really brilliant, brilliant because Things is not like a passive you know, experience at all. Like you are, you're actively involved through the, through the whole thing. Uh, your, your con, your brain is constantly working, trying to figure out what the fuck you're watching. It's such a, uh, um, it's such like a masterclass in pure insanity, uh, that, that it is, it truly and honestly just an experience. Yeah. You can't say you watch it because no. watching it, like you said, is a very passive thing. Yeah. There is going to be some form of interaction, whether it be you, your mouth agape at what you're fucking seeing or you're right. laughing or just unbelieving at what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, the closing credits themselves are interesting because there's so many names that can't possibly be real people. <laughs> <laughs> It's like super long. Uh, like there's a script supervisor listed. Can you imagine this movie having it's a script? No way. No way. Also has mentioned that ca the cameras are by, by Aeroflex and Panavision. No. Nope. Not uh, a chance. More like fucking Sony. I have a I have a, a note here that uh, Strict Nine are Canada's Enochian key. <laughs> <laughs> they are. We also, also get. Also, that's kind of an insult to Enochian because <laughs> they've done some pretty good shit. They got yourself in a tailspin. Um, Things was filmed in and around Metropolitan Toronto and is dedicated to 20 years of Tony Iommi, Black Sabbath, and all our fans worldwide, and special thanks is extended to Gordon Lucas. That is what is put on the screen. <laughs> this movie is dedicated to Black Sabbath. Yeah. I wonder why they mentioned Tony Iommi there as opposed to... Well, because, because, you know, obviously Ozzy left, uh, I, this was around the time, like, I mean, you know, yeah, like, but, but five, Dio ended up joining like years earlier than this, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dio joined in the early 80s. Um, I think Mob Rules might have been the first album that I, you I, obviously know more about this. Than yeah, I don't, don't want to I don't want to make claims here because somebody's going to call me out on it. But I, I want to say Mob Rules was the first uh, Iomi album or not Iomi fucking Dio one. But um, I'm probably wrong there anyway. Uh, but because Iomi was with the band for the whole time, you know, I would assume of course, I don't know why they wouldn't mention Geezer Butler or Bill Ward, but wow, you do know so, your shit, Tony. Tony, I, Tony, I owe me. I, I know those guys because Bill Ward's the reason why I got into drums. But uh, I'd, I'd like to. I I wonder if the members of Black Sabbath have ever seen. Uh, I would. I would love to get <laughs> their take on this film. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wonder if uh, Doug getting his fingers bitten off is a tribute to Tony Iommi too. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, I know something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we just experienced uh, 1989's Things. Yep. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Mo, uh, there's a couple of questions I need to ask you. One of them is, um, do you think that most of the humor in this movie is intentional? No. No. I there's some I, there's some I, that obviously is there there is definitely bits that are intended i think but i honestly think that most of this is is them making the movie and and the the bullshit coming from it um them not taking it seriously yeah i don't i i mean there's but there's a difference between not taking it seriously and intentionally trying to be funny right you know i think there's a lot of like you know goofing around and i mean you know there had to have been some kind of like drugs or alcohol involved in i think alcohol is at least incredibly yeah. likely well <laughs> since, I've, since I've, half the movie they're drinking beer yeah well i've i've heard stories but i'll keep those to myself um, oh please don't let's let's get in trouble <laughs> I, I really i really don't uh we'll say this because i know i know uh that i'll post this on my uh on my facebook pages i'm sure you will too um and between the two of us i'm sure uh barry gillis will uh We'll see this since I'm. Well, he's already mentioned on the Facebook group that he'll he'll put it on everywhere. Oh, so, yeah. good, 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 good. Yeah, no, yeah, Barry's so... been in, in touch recently, so that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> keep in mind, everybody, that, <laughs> that that the actor playing Don and the co-writer of the movie will likely know what we're saying here. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that because I have before and will a million times over say that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is an amazing, yeah. amazing movie, and it's yeah. one that must be experienced but then that does bring up the major question of today mo which is if you were not mo porn mm -hmm. uh and you were not one of the people who listened to this show if you were just an average human being on the street and you were put in front of things and science crazed and asked to watch both of them which one of them would be worse in their eyes i honestly i think science crazed would it is. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind at all that science yeah. crazy. No, no, with, without a doubt. I mean, uh, look, look, things may be manic and crazy and, and batshit and all of those uh, fun ways of saying insane. Um, <laughs> insane. But, but <laughs> the one thing this movie doesn't really do is drag. That's right. You know, it's, it, it, the, it, the pacing on it is really well done to an extent. Um, you know, so, so you're watching it. It feels like a movie. It feels like it's going on science crazed as much as I loved it, you know, and as crazy as it was, there are some crazy slow moments in that film. You know, I, I in fact, I would go, I would argue that I'd say 
75% of that movie is just slow going. That's the thing. This is a movie that is filled with filler. Yeah. Things is. But that filler is so whacked out. And, it's so manic. And yeah. so strange that you, it's almost more entertaining than when they go back to the plot. Right. With Science Craze, the filler is literally people working out yeah. or people saying the names of countries for three minutes yep. or the, 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 a shot of feet walking down a hallway over and over again. Yeah. Science Crazed is – this movie is baffling because they were trying to do something and they failed in, in a spectacular way. With Science Crazed, I don't even know what they were trying to do. Exactly. Uh, so, so I still think that they would make an incredible double feature. Absolutely. But you would have to have a extremely patient audience. And I do think putting Science Crazed on second would be great because – it it's slow anyway, but I think it'll look even slower when you've got it next to the things. <laughs> Which is a movie that, that it's not that it's incredibly fast paced, it's just that the things you you will never stop shaking your head at what you're seeing. Right. And it's so fucked. Things is a movie that everybody has to see once. But once you've seen it once, you're going to want to show it to other people. And in fact, and, and that's the wild thing. That's I'll get to get back to your point in a second. Yep, yep. That's that's the wild thing about things is that <laughs> is that when I when I watched it for that first time, like I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just I knew that it was like this sort of legendary, you know, Canadian uh, insane, like, you know, sort of monster movie. Um, or horror, or whatever you want to call it, and uh, and I knew that I was uh, really, really getting into low budget, um, way more at this at that point when I picked it up, and then I brought it home and I watched it, and I'm like, this is this is bonkers, you know. And I, so I went to work the next day, obviously, like I did with the fucking tape in my hand, and I showed it to everybody, and I talked about it to everybody. You know, and uh, I think like two or three of of my coworkers actually found it for themselves and 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 decided to watch it, and of course hated me for it. But uh, you know, it's what. But but I can like, uh, what's the term? Um, uh, I I'll I'll say proselytize. Uh, okay. You know about this movie. Like I'll go out and spread the word of it. You know, I mean, there are a few things more enjoyable than sitting next to someone who hasn't seen it, yeah. and watching their reactions as they see it for the first time. Absolutely. It takes it takes a specific kind of person. I think yeah, everyone right, right, listening right. to this no, no, I knows what I mean everybody. by that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, I definitely, without a doubt, would not suggest this to everybody. But um, I mean, like, I've encountered people, and like, I work with a couple of guys now who I would thoroughly suggest this to. Exactly. Yeah. And when you have the right person with the right mindset. Yep. They are going to love this thing from start to finish. Uh, if you want to see a pretty uh, decent review of this, uh, you mentioned at the beginning that I did a voice that sounded like Mr. Plinkett. Mm-hmm. The guys at Red Letter Media, uh, on their, they've covered, they've actually uh, did a video review of things oh, yeah. uh, on, on, their, um, on their YouTube channel that's worth checking out. I linked that over at our Facebook group as well. Uh, and it's, it, that's worth seeing, but of course not as worth listening to as we are. Well, I mean, you know, and of course, people who are are used to this show and me constantly yawning and just saying yup and and all that other bullshit, you know, like you'll probably notice I've talked a lot more in this episode than I normally do. <laughs> Mo had something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this this particular episode, I had a lot to say. I wanted I wanted to get it all out there and I am very very passionate about this movie. So that's why I was Super excited to to cover this because, like I've said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, there's, there are very few 
film experiences that can be compared to things. Uh, even within the low-budget, no-budget, micro-budget filmmaking that we cover on this show, yeah. this one, this one is in its own category. Uh, and 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 as it's nice that it has its own cult that it's built well, that over the last let, few let, years. Let's delve into that for a second. What, what do you think? What do you think are some films that are out there that? Uh, I mean, I don't want to say compare to things because nothing compares to things. But um, you know, like, but but that sort of fall into that that same realm of, of, of this sort of thing. Um, would you, would you say like something like Birdemic? I mean, it, to, to one extent, yes. But, uh, the fact that the director of that, at least for a certain amount of time, took himself so seriously. Right. I, I feel like maybe. I know, I put you on the spot. I should have. Well, no, no. I mean, maybe Black Devil Doll from Hell because okay. of the way that it developed its cult sure. and the way that it really – there's no other movie like that either. Um, and and uh, the, the, the way that that one was kind of discovered and celebrated and, and developed its own cult around it, I think that's comparable. And I'm sure we're going to cover that at some Absolutely. point on the show. Yeah, and we've, anyway. and we've already said science crazed. I would definitely put science crazed in the class with this. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple – yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't call something like Boarding House or Sledgehammer like that oh. because because they, whatever difficulties they have and whatever frustrations an audience might have watching it, it's you you, you sort of see how it all fits together, right. even if it's kind of an ego trip sometimes. Yeah. Here, you're like, what could they possibly have been thinking? Right, exactly. The whole time, exactly. And what's great is that these people are around because, and we can sort of ask, why the fuck did you do all that's, this? That's my favorite part about this whole thing is that I can, I can literally just hop onto Facebook and be like, uh, Barry, what the fuck, man? I have a couple of questions. Not, and in fact, I'm not going to. I'll let you do that if you want to. But, uh, but I mean, oh, my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I could. Uh, I'm not going to. Uh, as you might imagine, most of the cast and crew have not gone on from things, I mean, have not gone on to particularly lengthy careers. But the uh, one of the exceptions to that is actually Barry J. Gillis, the writer, uh, co-writer and star of things, who has gone on to direct a number of different movies, including 2012's The Killing Games. And I believe that he's just about to release House of Many Sorrows. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's also uh, continued on with a music career. And you, uh, we did mention a music video at the beginning of the show. You, ha- uh, I'll, you have to watch. You have to watch. It really is. It's one of a kind. It, you know, it's, it's almost like a mini version of things. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit more streamlined, a little less manic, but equally baffling. Yes. And of course you can find him on, uh, on Facebook and he it appears over on our Facebook group yeah. as well. Mo. Yeah. We've covered things. We've experienced things. We've experienced it. We've <laughs> talked about it. We need to move on to something else. Yes, Our we... next episode is going to be covering what movie? Feeders. Feeders. For the first time, we're going to be covering John and Mark Polonia's and John McBride's Feeders from 1996. Yes, the Polonia brothers is our, our people that we've been asked to cover uh, a number of times. Yeah. Certainly luminaries in no-budget filmmaking. People that uh, that it really is kind of a shame that has gotten this far without us covering, but we're making up for it on the next episode. We're covering feeders. Look, you gotta you gotta cover at least five Todd Sheets films before you can get to. I mean, it's the rule. Yeah. It is the rule. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yes, next time, uh, feeders. Mo, if, if people on the internet want to check out more of No Budget Nightmares or check out either of us, what's the best way to do so? Uh, they can go on to Facebook, go on to face- oh. Facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. Come on down, join the conversation. Uh, you can also, of course, find both Mo and myself on Twitter. He is at Drunk on VHS. Also, I'm, at- I'm also at Strange Rapes. At Strange Vapes, and I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. If you want to find more No Budget Nightmares podcast, you can, of course, go over to nobudgetpodcast.com, uh, go to our archives. You can also subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or via our RSS feed. Uh, the postings also go up on dailygrindhouse.com, where you can find my writing. You can, of course, find Mo's uh, video series, Strange Vapes on the YouTube yep. and you can find my other podcast Eric Roberts is the fucking man is at ericrobertsistheman.com so much exciting stuff yep. coming up in the world of everything no budget nightmares and elsewhere including the imminent release I think it's in September actually but coming up fairly soon the DVD release of Science Crazed which I cannot wait to have in the world I'll... and people talking about Mo is there anything else you want to mention to the people out there before we finish up today um not really. I mean, <laughs> go on Netflix and watch the uh, the Wet Hot American Summer first day of camp. Let me echo that. Because that I, is so fucking good. <laughs> I binge watched it. I watched the whole series on Friday when it was released, and I did not stop laughing the entire time. I loved it's it. It's so and, fucking good. Uh, yeah, and even if you don't – and you know what? When you're done that, uh, watch They Came Together because that's yes. also really funny and is – tragically undervalued by people who, who love wet hot american summer yeah it, well you know what the thing is is, is that i think the things is the, the things of it is is that um i think the target demographic for like camp movies is much bigger and more understanding of the joke than say the target demographic for rom-coms you know maybe uh, and it's, it's, it's sad that they didn't really understand what was being done with, they came together, which was brilliant. Yes, yep. absolutely. And now we must bid you adieu, yep. but, uh, I do hope, and I'm expecting that when we're finished talking, we'll have a new song by Rue dedicated to things. And if you have not yet checked it out, you should really listen to his Return of the Ghostbusters song from the previous episode. It's uh, out there on SoundCloud. It's linked over on our Facebook group. It's a really amazing song, and I expect similar quality here. They just get better and better. Better and better. Way too good to be any. Yeah, we don't don't, don't even fucking deserve it. (laughs) We do do not. But uh, let's listen to his newest creation right now. Having a beer with the bestest of friends Having a sandwich with old moldy bread Watching old movies and chatting it up Down the road from the Scarborough Bluffs Please have my baby, my beautiful baby Please have my baby along with me sing I want you to please have my baby so long as that baby don't become a thing let's have ourselves a couple more coldies the lazy man's guide has taught us all well if you go and grab one then please grab another or next time you come with me just go to hell Please have my baby, my beautiful baby Please have my baby along with me sing 
I want you to please have my baby So long as that baby don't become a thing Do you like that painting you'd seen? Or an old plastic fish or a cockroachy snack? That painting right there I got from the queen And if you don't believe me then just go to hack Please have my baby, my beautiful baby Please have my baby along with me sing I want you to please have my baby So long as that baby don't become a thing The blood it is flowing like sweet maple syrup The house it is full with carnivorous kids My Susie exploded her feet up in stirrups I have no idea what the good doctor did Please have my baby, my beautiful baby Please have my baby along with me sing I want you to please have my baby So long as that baby don't become a thing Oh no, oh no, my sweet Susie dear We wanted a baby but settled for beer And just like young Harold, first thin and then fat I bashed in my buddy like the local town brats The local town brats And now the whole house is infested with brats Please have my baby, my beautiful baby Please have my baby along with me sing I want you to please have my baby So long as that baby don't become a thing So long as that baby don't become a thing So long as that baby don't become a thing